Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peacing out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. And welcome in to another episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. It is I, Colton Robertson, and we continue our 52-year journey through film. We've spent a lot of time on this week. A lot of time on 1994. We're almost done. We got Friday and Saturday. But today's Thursday, baby, and we're talking Pulp Fiction. I am joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? What up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. We are also joined by Tavares Pennington. What's up, homie? How's it going? How's it going? Glad to be here. Oh, I am glad to have you. Of course, today we are talking Pulp Fiction from the year 1994. Let me uh, let me lay the groundwork real quick. It was uh, released in October of 1994, October 14th, 1994, and it is... Uh, Written and directed by Quentin Tarantino, uh, and it's uh, it's arguably Tarantino's uh, most most remembered, most revered, most notable uh, in the eyes of many. And it is our first stop on the Tarantino train, as far as the fifty-two year journey through film is concerned. Here, uh, mm. and what a place to start with him, you know. Uh, this this is a this is a good movie. It's oh, a good yeah. move. Let me, yes. let, me, let, me, let me hear how you guys feel. Let's start with Joe real quick. Well, this was uh, my first viewing of this movie. I know. Crazy. I went this long in my life without seeing Pulp Fiction. Um, worst, but things, like, worst things to have gone longer without yeah. seeing. I've heard, I've heard of this movie. That's for sure. I think everyone has heard of Pulp Fiction. It's kind mm-hmm. of like the stereotypical, if you're a film student your favorite film is pulp fiction or whatever like it's always been like this me or i've known it as like um it's just a really good movie and like people consider it as like one of the greatest and like a classic and best of all time um or i know it as like the meme of being like you're a super film critiquist if your favorite you know favorite oh yeah and it's it's notoriously like men like yeah oh i see why a guy's (laughs) favorite movie will be pulp fiction and it's (laughs) like uh You know, it kind of, like, I I get it. You know, there are plenty of dudes who are like, uh, yeah, Pulp Fiction, the Joker. Um, But uh, it kind of sucks because this movie is, this movie is pretty good, you know? And Hmm. uh, uh, I hate hate whenever, like, I think about it, like, uh, feeling guilty for liking it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't feel guilty about liking this. I mean, it's... uh... It's it's crass in all of the right ways, you know. It's a uh, it's meant to push the needle. I, it's mm. it's Pulp Fiction, you know. That's 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 the that's the defining uh, characteristic of this. It's all about the the violence and the gore and the the in your face crime. We're gonna mm. do some fucked up shit, and you're gonna have to look at it. 
a little well, bit of the ultraviolence, and say. that's why I see this film working not even on a plot level so much or a story structure level, but well, it's just kind definitely of definitely not on a plot level. Yeah, right. It's it, it's not. It's working more so on a um, emotional level in the sense that it reflects sort of life and this like very mundane nature, and then these immediate and like very rash. Uh, I don't know, just like eruptions of violence that happen throughout the film. Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 this was my first time watching the movie in a few years. Uh, I watched it a couple years back and I've, I've held it in pretty high regard. I remember coming off it the first time I watched it and being like, that's a top 10 favorite movie of all time for me. And I'm sitting here and I, I don't think that's the case anymore. <laughs> but, uh, I also thought to myself going into this watch that like, maybe I'll understand it more. And that was not the case either. Uh, it, <laughs> It was like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's not much to understand. There's not really a plot. And that I get more now than I did then. I get now that the point wasn't to have a story because it's very loose. And it's very, it's very, uh, it's mostly just a series of events happening to these people. Um, and, you know, it's really fascinating. You know, we always think Pulp Fiction, Samuel L. Jackson, John Travolta, Uma Thurman, uh, like I don't know why I forgot an hour of screen time is dedicated to Bruce Willis. Um, <laughs> I I like I had no idea he was in this movie before I watched it at all. Hmm. Um, like I have only heard of Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta. Like those are like really the only two that I knew were in this movie. And then I've obviously just like from the poster, you know, I've seen this poster like, oh, yeah, hundreds and thousands of times. I didn't, you know, I didn't know her character or, like anything, but I knew she was in this movie just from the poster. But like, um, yeah, John Travolta and Samuel Jackson, that's all I knew were in this movie before I, I came in. Um, but man, I, I mean, it, it, it was just like, it was, I knew it's weird. Like watching Batman, like a longer movie. Cause this is a long, a pretty long movie. Yeah, two and a half hours. Um, watching Batman, it doesn't feel like a two and a half hour movie. It doesn't feel Ooh. long. This, this is a trek. It, it kind of is a trek. It, I don't, I don't, but I didn't stop. I didn't take a break. I needed oh, no. to finish this. Like I, I couldn't put it down. Um, so even though it felt long ish, it was still very captivating and it kept me in right. the entire time. That's kind of what keeps you into it is you're like, why am I continually interested in something that an hour in, I still have no clue what's going on <laughs> yet. I I'm willing to watch another hour. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, like they kicked the movie off on a hot note, you know, that, that like, scene is still just one of my favorite scenes of all time. Oh yeah. Like, it's, it's, something, <laughs> it's something about the simplicity of just the, and I think Tarantino excels at just showing people doing shit, film, putting people on camera, just having normal or not, maybe not normal conversations, but conversations that make these men feel more normal. Like John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson talking about all the different uh, uh, ways to say a quarter pounder uh, across uh, across the world. Uh, they call it a Royale with cheese. The metric system. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they don't, they don't have the metric system out there. How about a? I I will say this is probably my favorite John Travolta role, um, al almost certainly. Uh, I mean, right right up there with Bolt, uh, the animated dog. Yeah, I, I mean, I was just trying to think what else is John Travolta in like. Uh, Grease, 
Didn't Saturday Night Fever. We had a we had a podcast a while back where we like <laughs> John Travolta. John Travolta was controversial for some reason. Yeah, it's Scientology. <laughs> yeah, he's a Scientologist. Yeah, so uh, definitely don't fuck with uh, John Travolta on a personal level. No, but that's so uh, weird. Like I totally forget. Like everybody knows Tom Cruise is a Scientologist. Nobody really cares that John Travolta is a Scientologist. Yeah, he's a he's a character to be sure. Hmm. Yeah, he, uh, I don't know. This is kind of the only, other than Grease, um, the only other movie that I've uh, seen of his. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Out of Grease, I don't know. I'd say I like this performance more than his Grease one, but I, I haven't seen Grease in probably a good 15 years or so. so yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, Grease I, have, I have no idea. Um, but hmm. Why not? You mean you don't watch Grease every weekend? <laughs> no, I can't say I do. Um, it's an every weekend thing for me. I can't. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's pretty. Like my favorite performance was Samuel L. Jackson, like by far. Um, I, I felt that. like this was like I felt like this was his movie. Like if I were to pick a main character, I don't know. It's it, it's like it's either it's Samuel L. Jackson for a part, and then Bruce Willis for a part. They, they have like their their moments, and then the culmination and everything. Um, but, ah, oh, I loved, uh, here's my thing is that like, it's a two and a half hour movie and you know, I, it, it is a trek. I hold very little to no interest in Bruce Willis's story in this movie. And I think it could be altogether eliminated and we could have an hour and a half movie and it'd be every bit as good. Hmm. Um, I don't know. The end with uh with him and and who was the the crime boss? Marcellus um, Marcellus uh, Wallace, Wallace, right? Was it Wallace? Yeah. Um like that end culmination was uh like his whole like how it wrapped up was kind of cool and I like it felt like satisfying at the end. But I I do agree like kind of during I was like is this really like well, I don't know, like, this other storyline was way better. Like, this other part of the movie it, was, like, it, way better. I feel like it naturally takes on an episodic sort of structure just because, like, not, it's all sort of decentralized. All the characters are off doing their own thing. So mm-hmm. they could have – I feel like if they would have maybe taken – if Tarantino – I mean, he, I guess he was explicit about sort of switching in between the narratives. But, like, if it was less a movie and more, like, 30 minutes of these – contain narratives i feel like that could have been a maybe more interesting way because i understand Um, it does feel too long oh it's it's really interesting like it's edited the way it is in in a really fascinatingly way where you know we start the movie with what becomes the end scene Mm -hmm. at the end of the movie um we bounce to we see john travolta's death in the middle of the movie, but we go back and we, we bounce back and forth a lot. And, uh, I would be interested in seeing this in order and a more cohesive and a more cohesive narrative just to see what happened. Uh, one after the other, like, like actually unfolded in the way that it was supposed to. Uh, Mm. and you can't do that because like, if we end the movie with Bruce Willis and, uh, and Marcellus, it's kind of like, what were we doing here? You had to end up cutting it back to Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta. That had to be the end of the movie somehow. So uh, 
Like it, it was just probably is an edited version, like online, where it's oh, just probably. all put in chronological order. I wonder. I, I wonder if that does exist. That'd be interesting to watch. You know, because they pull up to the they pull up to the bar at the beginning of the movie in their in those outfits, and those outfits are the outfits they had to change into after they got blood all over their clothes after they spattered a dude's brains all over the car, and that was at the end of the movie. Uh-huh. But so the storyline that we watched throughout the movie kind of takes place after that. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, yeah, I guess here's a. I mean, there's an article that goes through every single big event in order, but maybe not like an actual um, edited version or like a re-upload. Yeah, they kind of show you exactly what was supposed to. The, the oh, uh, what happened in what order? The feet thing does does definitely change the whole first bit of this movie because the the way that the feet are written about just seemed to the jokes are too uh too a little too colloquial for my sense no <laughs> yeah you, can tell, uh, you know quentin tarantino was like i'm gonna defend myself here through the through the means of vincent vega um there's something intimate about uh another touching another woman's feet you know there's something about it it's like uh and John Travolta's voice throughout the entire movie, you know, he's got this whole thing going on where he's uh, <laughs> kind of, I don't know. I, Yeah, no, knowing Tarantino has a foot fetish and then kicking this movie off with them talking about rubbing a woman's feet. and the, I mean, he got his, he got Samuel L. Jackson's ass there for a second, though. He's like, would you rub a man's feet? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he said, true. Motherfucker, it ain't. No. See, yeah, it's, you know, I don't know. I think it's just hilarious. Like the, there's a clip of Leonardo. I don't know what award show it is, but they won. Some, he won something for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. um, or was it Brad Pitt? Maybe it was Brad Pitt. No, yeah, it was Brad Pitt, not uh, Leonardo. Um, but then he says, uh, you know, thank you uh, to my co-stars. Um, how am I blanking on her name? Holy crap! Wolf of Wall Street, beautiful. Uh, Margot blonde. Robbie. Margot Robbie, yeah. Thanks to Margot Robbie, Margot Robbie's feet. And then he just kept listing everyone else's feet that were in the movie. And then yeah. it, it, the camera just showed Tarantino, and he was just, like, looking, like, kind of pissed off. Like, really, dude, you're exposing me like this? But it's like, I don't know. I don't, it, it feels pretty pretty obvious if you've watched his movies. Um, oh, no, yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is basically a foot montage um, oh my God. for three hours. Um <laughs> She like straight up, like Margot Robbie straight up puts her feet up at the movie theater and it's like half the screen or is her feet. Jeez. Um, oh my God. That's, uh, yeah, that, that's just like, that's so weird. That's kind of like, he's just, I don't know. I well, mean, I guess he makes good knowing movies. It's, it's like, <laughs> he makes good it's movies. It's weird though. knowing it's a fetish and therein, anytime he does it in his movies, it can be perceived as something he was kind of, he was like, yeah. He just wants it. Yeah. You know, it's like, not necessary at all, but he just wants it to be in his movies. Hey, and like, no, no, no shame to whoever's into that. You know, like, that's absolutely not what I'm getting at. It's, it's plenty, it's plenty of folks out there with foot fetishes and y'all get to. It's a gene. Ha- it's literally a gene. Yeah, like, y'all do, y'all do you. I'm going to do me. I, I, I don't, I don't, I frankly don't get it and I don't mean to be offensive, <laughs> but, uh, like it's just it, it is kind of funny whenever Tarantino puts a bunch of feet on screen, knowing he was behind the camera shooting the scenes. Like, <laughs> yes, uh, and yeah, that's that's another part of the movie that is kind of just bleh with me is Tarantino's role in the movie. 
Mm. Like he just got on and seemed a little too comfortable uh, with with uh, what he was saying and how. Hey, let's say, just, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I saw a tweet once that was like a, it was like four, it was a tweet and it was a four pic four pictures. You know, it was like Mark Wahlberg, uh, Tarantino, and there was a couple other guys. I think it was like a Papa John and someone else. And it was like, <laughs> put these four in a room. Who says it first? <laughs> Ooh, wait! It was Tarantino, Papa John. Who were the other? And Mark Wahlberg. Ooh, okay. Ooh. <laughs> like Tarantino, uh, he's he's certainly he's certainly a bit too comfortable with uh with the N word. Uh, if we're if we're being for real, uh, it's yeah. I just get the vibes that Tarantino is probably not a super fun guy to hang out with. Mm. Oh, I get the vibes that he's an absolute nightmare of a person. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Like, uh, he just, uh, I mean, he makes the movies he makes. So a, you've got to be a bit pretentious, you know, you got to be a little bit too, too, uh, think a little too highly of yourself, uh, being this Artur who has tapped into a vein of pop culture that nobody else has really hit. Yeah. Um, I don't Jeez. know. Like, I think I'd be willing to bet Tarantino thinks pretty highly of himself. Yeah, he, I mean, that's the thing, is that his ego is kind of justified with his, like, success, and that's, like, it just keeps him in it, and, you yeah, know, like, yeah. it just makes him be like, oh, well, I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing, I don't care, like, uh, I don't oh, know, yeah. uh, it's, it there's definitely, like, the Tarantino fans are definitely, like, the dude bros, the dude um, bros. I feel like people who are, like, um, I don't know, I, it's just kind of, uh, I see. Yeah, I, I mean, like I that's the thing why. is that like he has great fucking movies. He, he has undeniably good movies with Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs and uh, oh, Django I mean, Unchained he has a series. And, yeah, no, Inglourious Honestly, I'm coming around to Inglorious Bastards might be my favorite Tarantino project. But that's no with, shit. That's no shit. With I mean, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I really did love that movie. I, I love uh, that one too. I mean, it's the only Tarantino flick I think I've seen in theaters, which is cool. But uh, in Reservoir Dogs. Uh, there's a character played by Michael Madsen, whose name is Vic Vega, and mm. uh, there was a there was an idealized sequel to the movies Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, in which Vincent Vega and Vic Vega were brothers, and uh, so like that was the crossover there is that he had two movies where they were he was going to create his own little movie universe with the <laughs> with the Vegas. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I guess, uh, I don't know. I, I, for the first, uh, like, classic Tarantino movie that I've seen of his, um, I mean, I, I see why people, uh, like his movies. Uh, like, this is, I mean, definitely a good movie. It, it, I mean, it has an 8.9 on IMDb. I mean, that's, uh. Hey, it's, it's very, it's very beautifully shot, really well acted. Soundtrack kind of slaps. I mean, uh, I love when they at the uh, like the fifties themed diner. Now do the hmm. twist. Interesting, uh, interesting pattern amongst the male rating and the female rating. Um, About a half point higher in every regard for, um, for the males. Hmm. Wonder why um, in this movie? Uh, couldn't couldn't really pinpoint it. Um, <laughs> but uh, but man, I don't know. I. I off of one watch, I mean, this is definitely a movie I'm going to revisit. That's for sure. 
um, uh, yeah. I think I, yeah. I will watch again at, at one point. Um, and I think on, on a second watch could be cool knowing that like there really is no plot and that it is just like this collection. Yeah. The of first time you happening. watch it, it's kind of like, um, wait, what am I watching? Um, yeah, I was kind of, I'm like, is this getting to something? Like, am I missing something? Like I've heard so many great things about this movie, but like it's going nowhere, but also somewhere at the same time, but I have no idea where. It, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but, uh, I don't know. It was, it's like, uh, the experience, it's, it's a whole different kind of movie. Um, I don't know. It's a whole, just a different experience that you don't get really get with any other movie that I've no, seen. No, yeah. I was, that's why I was really excited to revisit it. You know, I was like, cause I, I think it's either the second or third time I watched it. I have not watched this movie a lot. Um, and I mean, I don't know. I, I, Usually I rewatch a movie and it enhances, mm. but I rewatched this movie and I, I, I stayed roughly the same on it. It's not like a, I was much more wowed by it the first time I watched it than I am now. And I, we've talked about this many times on the podcast, you know, like I'm a very story driven entertainment and enjoyer. Like that's how you, I gotta be in the story for me to really, really fuck with what you've got going on. And if you don't have a story, it's, it's going to be a little tougher for me. You know, it, you had pretty visuals, you had really good acting, you had some exciting sequences, but uh, if it's not tied together by anything <laughs> for real, it's going to be rough. Um, yeah. That, uh, the Bible verse that Samuel L. Jackson said every time before he killed someone. And then he, yeah. and at the end he was just like, I just thought it was some badass shit to say before I killed someone or before I pop, you know, like shot someone in the face or something like that. And then, yeah. um, he said, like, if you heard that, you would have been dead, you know, like right now or whatever. Like that, what was that it? whole, Ezekiel that 25 time. through 17. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah. Fun fact that, that whenever, uh, Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury is assassinated in the Winter Soldier, or so we believe, his tombstone appears with the, uh, with the words Ezekiel twenty five through seventeen, the path of the righteous man. That's dot, awesome. Dot, dot. Damn. Yeah, he, um, he said, "I just thought it was a cold blooded thing to say to a motherfucker before I popped a cap in his ass." Like, <laughs> yeah, like I mean, it was. It like, was I mean, I, it, that's, hey, that's exactly what it was. Like, whenever I saw, and it if the there was time. any character who had something of a story, it was Jules. You know, like the way he was like. Hmm. Yo, I should have died just now. You see those four bullet holes all around me? Like, I don't know how that happened. It's yeah, like, like he like came to Jesus this. in that moment yeah, he, and was yeah, like, he's like, experience this. I want you to remember and acknowledge this. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah. That, he, he's, I don't know. Like, he's, he had an arc. Like, the I loved, I loved his interaction with Vincent there at the end in the restaurant, where he's like, you know, what constitutes an act of God? And he's mm. like, uh, well, you know, it's like a, it's a, it's a miracle, and. uh He's like, well, I felt God. That's an act of God. It don't matter. It doesn't matter how big or how small it is. It's like, if I felt God in the moment, it's an act of God. And I was like, okay. I can hmm. fuck with that. Okay. Oh, I forgot about Marvin. Oh, I shot Marvin in the face. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, poor Marvin, man. What the fuck's <laughs> happening, man? Oh, oh shit, man. Wolf. Oh, man. I shot Marvin in the face. Why the fuck did you do that? Well, I didn't mean to do it. It was an accident. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Then... I've seen some crazy-ass shit in my time. It, it was <laughs> like th that scene where I'm like, is this movie trying to tell me something? And then you just think about mm. it, and you're like, 
No, I think he just accidentally shot Marvin in the face. <laughs> just accidentally shot Marvin. Marvin is actually played by uh, Phil Lamar, who uh, you are more familiar with than you, you'd think. He's a uh, pretty pretty prominent voice actor, and he was actually in the Book of Boba as the uh, boss of uh, the Pike, uh, the Pikes. He was the one who was posted up in there. Phil Lamar there is Marvin. Um, he's a pr- very talented man. Um, right to the right. No, I'm, I'm trying to find, uh, who played the wolf. Is that what his character name was? The guy who like made them all clean up super fast and drove. Them, oh, like, Harvey Keitel. Um, yes. Harvey Keitel. He wolf? actually is. Is that what, yeah, is that what that he was, was his second? Him? Yeah. That was his second appearance on our 52 year journey through film. Actually, Harvey Keitel's <laughs> his last one was 18 weeks ago. On uh on Taxi Driver, he was mm. the uh he was Sport, he was the guy that Robert De Niro kills at the door. Uh, he was the pimp who <laughs> held on to Jodie Foster's wow uh, arm and pulled him out of the car. Hmm. But yeah, yeah Harvey but... Keitel. <laughs> he was, I don't know. He was so cool in this. Like uh, How do you like so your on coffee? time. Lots of cream, lots of sugar. <laughs> I'll be there in ten minutes. And the time is it? Nine minutes and 37 seconds later or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, like he's so precise. That dude's on a schedule. How far is it away? 30 minutes. I'll be there in 10. <laughs> like, I was like, what? <laughs> How's that even possible? Dude goes, um, he goes quick. <laughs> it's not possible to make up that much time unless you have the Batmobile. Um, he's the wolf. Don't underestimate that man. Don't question I don't... it. <laughs> um, the path of a righteous man is beset on all sides. God, I love Samuel L. Jackson. Jules Winfield is definitely one of his strong, his strongest characters. I'd say. Oh yeah. Um, and there is and, a, a a full version of the movie in chronological order, by the way, just uh, on Reddit. Um, on Reddit. Wow, I might have to watch so, that. You want to send that link? To yeah, the two hours and thirty. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it. <laughs> gotcha. Um, Fascinating. Yeah, so it does exist. Damn, that scene's coming in the middle of the movie? That's crazy. Um, Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out then. I'm interested. I want to see what it's all about. But, uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, duh. Yeah, because they they go to that apartment right away so that they would have shot Marvin, like, directly after that. They're on the, like, leaving that apartment, and that's when he shoots Marvin in the face. So, like... Yeah. And then the wolf would come, and, like, all that would happen, like, at the very beginning... And they then the robbery the at the rest, yeah, at the diner, that whole the end end scene, and then John Travolta goes on his drug trip and his date. Huh. Well, and this shows you why it's formatted the way you do, because mm. otherwise, the last hour of the movie is about Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah, because then after after the date, she overdoses. She yeah, we'll have to talk about Uma Thurman wow. here in a second. Mm. And then yeah, it's just—is it Bruce Willis the whole, whole way, the whole yep. way until he kills until he kills John Travolta? Yep. yep. Wow. Huh. That's well, crazy. I almost feel like that's more of a coherent narrative arc when it's put in a chronological order. Like it's like they had a movie that they could have put in chronological order, and then they just simply decided not to. Hmm. And wow. I gotta guess it's because the Bruce Willis shit would have just been like what. 
we're an hour and 45 minutes into this movie and now the main character is someone else. <laughs> but that, that's kind of awesome. That could have been interesting. No, you know, that's also enough. That's a, that seems like a very Tarantino ass thing to do, you know, and this yeah. would have been a Tarantino ass last act. Like, I don't, I don't know. I wonder what the motivation behind the decision to cut the movie they did. Uh, <laughs> I, think I wonder it was why it was made that way. Hilarious. The way John Travolta died. Like he was just left the Uzi on the, on the counter and uh well and it showed <laughs> i thought it was funny rewatching this movie that like they show you him die before they show samuel l jackson say he's done mm. he's like he's done being uh being in the game so like i think the implication here is that like he's used to having a partner around he doesn't have to watch his back when he goes to the bathroom he comes out of the bathroom he dies Should, mm. wish he would have still had jewels uh like which is like, damn, bro, that's just that's just kind of bleak. Where where does the scene where Marcellus or like you're first introduced to Bruce Willis happen in this cut? Where he's with, uh, I think that's when he's with Marcellus. Oh, that'd be towards the beginning. That'd be towards uh, when so they go visit him at the, the uh, it's after this. It's after they get changed because they go into the bar. So it's after the. Yeah, it's so after, after the diner. Uh, I actually think it might be before the diner. Mm. Not sure though. Maybe I'm tripping. Yeah, no, no, they go straight, they go to, the straight to the diner. Okay. Yeah, so it'd be right after the diner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. So an hour into the movie, you would have gotten introduced to <laughs> to Bruce Willis's character mm. in chronological order. Yeah, <laughs> an hour in, and then man, I need to watch this movie cut like this. Yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm feeling like... I'm, I'm looking at it like this, and I'm like, I think I'd enjoy this. Like, I need, like, hmm. a... It, and, you know, maybe that's just Quentin Tarantino going, fuck yourself, dude. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Christopher Walken up in here, too, you know, explaining the story, how he kept the watch up his ass, watch my ass. For, for eight years, or I don't know, forever, how long, two years, or whatever. Your dad died in the uh, prison camp, um... Uh, dysentery hey at least bruce willis kind of went through war to get it back you know at least it was a little he, he went through something you know it uh to get to get it back which was kind of cool um some Man. i guess you know something to it but uh I, yeah i'm just like i i don't was butch yeah it's just there just really isn't much of a point you know it's just it is just a series of events yeah you know and like i you try to project meaning onto things where there isn't meaning, you know, and uh, mm. maybe that's kind of what it's about. Mm. Much, well. to, much, much to think about. But uh, I think my favorite part of the movie, far and away, is, uh, oh, man, I shot Marvin in the face. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's that's too strong. But let's talk. Uh, let's talk some Uma Thurman real quick. Uh, Mia Wallace. Uh, that's 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 a really interesting role in this movie. Uh, I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, I like immediately fell in love with Uma Thurman. Like I thought she's she's an awesome awesome actress, super badass, super super fucking attractive, and uh, you know I uh, this time around I watched her pull that heroin out of the out of his mm. coat jacket. And I'm like, ah no. <laughs> that is not what you think it is. <laughs> yeah, don't uh, snort that, that shit. E, don't uh, just don't do that ever. Uh, don't just, don't just, just find powder and snort it. Don't, yeah. 
just uh, in heroin. That's that's like there's a line uh, for drugs and heroin. I that's just past the line. Far past. The um, line. Yeah, and uh, I think it's made with gasoline or whatever, so it's probably going to get way more expensive. Um, anyways, um, so so just get out of it now. You know, um, it's probably going to PSA. Gas prices rising means heroin price rising. Sorry to tell you, folks. Um, but that that's how Inflation? the world works, man. Heroin's a fucking seven dollars a gallon out here. <laughs> uh, seven dollars a gallon. Hmm. Um, that wouldn't be bad uh, for some heroin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's probably like like I I have zero clue of street value of of, yeah, of heroin, so I couldn't honestly. I couldn't even uh, yeah, couldn't even begin to guess. Um, hmm. But yeah, Uma Thurman. She did. She did badass in this. You know, she's Poison Ivy in Batman and Robin. So I got a soft spot for her in my heart. Uh, Kill Bill. She's a uh, damn. She's the. She's that bitch. That's nuts. Yeah, I, and I've only seen Kill Bill like when I was like seven or six. So I really haven't even seen Kill Bill. I um, think we will get to there. I think she. I think those are our two thousand three and or mm-hmm. yeah, two thousand three. Yeah, hey, hey we could follow up 2004 with Kill Bill Part Two because that's a uh, that's open too. I mean, The Notebook and Hotel Rwanda. Hotel Rwanda made it onto the list. <laughs> I don't yeah, know, I'll man. You check out 2004 and tell me what you think. <laughs> I, I am kind of interested in what came out in 2004. <laughs> well, now I'm thinking it's got to be Kill Kill Bill Part Two so we can follow up Kill Bill in 2003. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. We'll figure it out. But, uh, yeah, shit, guys, I'm not going to cap with you. It's a lock. This movie doesn't warrant a lot of discussion. Mm. No, it really doesn't. Oh, by the way, I've heard Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is one of, um, Jim Carrey's. Yeah, Jim Carrey's, like, best films. I haven't watched it, but it's, like, not a comedy. Um, No, it's definitely not a comedy. Have you seen it? Uh, Yeah, it's some of the most heart-wrenching shit I've ever watched in my life. Um, yeah, Shrek Two came out in two thousand four, so that will be insta locked. Um, weird. Yeah. Eternal Sunshine <laughs> and Spotless Mind is like second most heart wrenching shit of all time behind Shrek Two. Damn, <laughs> behind Shrek Two. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I've not seen Shrek still. Um, I mean, we oh can my... go Mean Girl. You haven't seen Shrek? No. Look. No. No. Shrek was four hundred thirty million. The Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, thirty-four million. Shrek blew that out of the water. Shrek was the biggest movie of the year by far. It looks like. Oop! Spider-Man Two came out. Oh nope! Shrek still beat it. Damn! Um, Holy crap! It beat The Incredibles. It beat um, Harry Potter. Holy crap! It man, Shrek. Who would have thought? Um, National Treasure, the best movie of all time, came out in two thousand four dodgeball um oh that's that's legendary but hey listen to this since we talking grosses and and box office numbers and shit uh so the budget for this movie pulp fiction was eight million dollars and five million of that was paying the actors um wow it worldwide grossed 213 million so it profited two hundred and five million dollars. Is that adjusted, or is that at that time? Like, is that? Uh, I I don't know if it's adjusted. I think it's. Uh, I'm just looking at it on uh, IMDb. 
Yeah, I wonder what in ninety four. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting to think about. How much is two hundred thirteen million dollars in nineteen ninety four now? Um, it's worth one point one nine. So, if uh, well, what's the number? What's the number? Oh, tell me, so damn you! If the two hundred thirteen million is not adjusted. It would be, oh wait, it'd be about oh, four hundred nine million today. Wow! Um, oh, so almost Shrek two. So um, almost Shrek two. Still <laughs> not Shrek two. That's um, fucking insane. <laughs> we adjusted for inflation, and still not as much as Shrek two. We adjusted for inflation. That's that's nuts. Um, and I wonder if that Shrek 2 number is – that's probably not adjusted either from 2004. Uh, so, uh, that's fucking funny. So there funny. you go. Shrek is, Shrek is like 500 mil. Um, that's, still, that's still 10 weeks away. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get to 04 one day. Um, but shit, guys, I think I might be ready for the ratings section of this pod. I don't have much else to say on Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I mean there's, there's, It's not one that – it's not one you can talk a lot about, I don't think. We could uh, mm. we could do a scene by scene breakdown and tell you what we think is happening. Exactly. <laughs> Let's do a live commentary one day and just sit there going, "Wait, what?" <laughs> <laughs> so, in terms oh. of enjoyment, we oh yeah, break it down for the people. If you've been here the whole week, you're probably more well versed in what our rating system is now than ever. Um, Five stars in three separate categories, uh, in enjoyment, uh, in how it fulfills its genre, and just how great of a film it was to us. We combine that for an average score out of five stars, and that's that. Uh, so we'll start with enjoyment, as we as we usually do. Um, hmm. where, where are you sitting here in terms of enjoyment? I mean, it's it's... It's very enjoyable, but not the whole way through in a certain sense, because there are parts of it where you're just like, just due to confusion, like you're you're feeling like you have to do some work to watch this movie, and that's never Mm. enjoyable. No, no, it's not. Uh, I'd say that I enjoy a good hour and four hour and a half of this movie's runtime. Yeah, I was just begging pretty much the whole time for Samuel L. Jackson to come back on screen. And whenever that happened, it was really good. There's a whole half of the movie where, like, the story I care about is not on screen. mm. Uh, And that sucks. I'd Uh, say, like, four is, like, the ceiling. Like, I'd say I I wouldn't even go high. I wouldn't go higher than four for enjoyment. I wouldn't either. Um, Um, I'm thinking maybe, like, three and a half. Um, I'm kind of middle of the road. Or, I'd be comfortable going. Road, but. Yeah, I'd be I'd be comfortable going three three seven five, uh, even up to four. Like I, because it is a good looking movie. It is really mm-hmm. well acted. I like the cast. Um, it is really interestingly shot, and uh, you know, it does it does keep me. Nevertheless, you know, like it. True. True. So there is there is a degree of enjoyment, but uh, there's plenty of the movie that I'm just not that interested in. So like a. Uh, I'd go three seven five. I like that. I like three seven five. That works for me. And then, as it fulfills its genre, 
And uh, I'd argue that if we're really, really trying to get down to it, Google the definition of a pulp fiction. Hmm. Then they said it during, is that the opening um, or not opening? I think it's like, um, like in the movie, they, they say it in one scene, I think. Fiction dealing fiction. with lurid? Lurid. lurid. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Or sensational subjects often printed on rough, low quality paper manufactured from wood or pulp. Is that like, that's like the literal, I feel like there's like a more metaphorical definition than that. Well, it's like the type of storytelling it is. It's just really, it's just really, really brash, violent crime. Yeah. This seems more like books about imagery or imaginary characters and events produced in large quantities and intended to be read by people, but not considered to be a very good quality. There you go. Wait, that's, that's a what good the definition, definition of a pulp, this, a pulp fiction is. That's a good definition for the movie. <laughs> like, yeah. As well as like, uh, I mean, I guess, yeah, I don't know that. That's imaginary characters and events intended to be watched by many people, but not considered of the best quality. Uh, and that's where I'm sitting right now. I think, in terms of its fulfillment of what it's going for, the title of the movie is Pulp Fiction. I have I have no questions it did exactly what it wanted to do. You know, like I mm-hmm. regardless of how well I feel about it, I think Tarantino did exactly what he intended to do. So like I can't take away from it too much, you know? Uh mm-hmm. if we're going on the crime drama side of things, uh in terms of the crime, that's pretty high up, but the drama side of it I don't really I, like drama for me comes from a good story, a cohesive narrative that emotionally draw draws at me so genre fulfillment i go like four five four two five i I could see that like and i mean i think it's something to be said that we're kind of i mean most people work like through talking about this movie without understanding what the definition of pulp fiction is i guess right if that wants to factor in i think for uh I don't know, like four or five seemed right to me. But like right, four then two, I'm there with that. Um four two five could seem more right though. I don't know. That I, I'm kinda of bouncing back and forth between those two. Four three? Um <laughs> four three five. Meet me in the middle. Oh. Oh, <laughs> get maybe crazy. We, shall. we just did it. We got crazy. We went we, we went we went there. We went there. We four, did that. Three, um <laughs> Hmm. But as overall, as a film, how where are we sitting? You know, I think this is probably the best category for it. Yeah, Um, it's 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 really well, yeah, very unique. There's incredibly impactful, iconic, Hmm. um, incredibly well acted, very well shot. Um, I you know I can gripe about an incohesive narrative, but that's not what it was trying to do. So it it succeeded in what it was attempting, and therefore, I don't know. I feel like it's got to be pretty. It's got to be pretty decent. Uh, uh, you know, like a maybe maybe a four five four uh, four six so, uh, yeah. so, somewhere in that range. I was thinking uh, four mid, five mid is, the, is the floor. Um, mm-hmm. Four five would be the floor. I think four seven five might be a little too high. Um, That's where I was, but uh, I, I'm I don't know. I, I kind of 
four six. Uh, we're kind of getting crazy with it. We usually stick to mm-hmm. you know point two five intervals, but I, I don't know. I crazy. like how we're getting we're getting a little crazy with it. I'm hey, if there's any movie six. to get crazy with, it's yeah. Pulp Fiction. It, yeah. it, it, it kind of fits. That would round it out to a four point two three. Um, let's see what that puts it around. A four point four two for a Clockwork Orange. A four point two five for American Graffiti. So it is barely below American Graffiti. Right. Hey, we have um, Dumb and Dumber higher than a <laughs> Pulp Fiction. That's that's amazing. Um, hey, it's that enjoyment shit. Ace Ventura the... is even above um, Pulp Fiction. Um, it's that enjoyment rating, man. Yep. You got to be high in enjoyment, or else you're gonna get fucked. Uh, 4.7 for Alien, so 4.6 for Terminator. So these are better, um, you know, like a half a point better or more. Um, 4.5 Apocalypse Now. Um, yeah, so you know, it's in 36 Chambers Shaolin, so 4.45. You know, so its closest companion those, but... though is American Graffiti, which yes. is uh, mm-hmm. you know, I feel pretty good about that. So it's lower than a four yeah. two, not much. That's close. Scarface, Spaceballs, like Mash, three five for Mask. Um, yeah, Scarface, Blade Runner, um, and Mash, and that's it. Taxi um, Driver. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. but yeah, I, I feel like it's around around where it should be. Like American Graffiti. That's that's a pretty good comparable movie, I'd say. In terms um, of which I enjoyed it mm-hmm. and it's a critical appeal. I'd say so. Definitely not the same kind of movie. Mm. Definitely yeah. not. Uh... Mm. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not, not what I was meaning there. Uh, in no, ratings yeah, I, wise, it, it made yeah. sense. Um, yeah. I'm but, uh, with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, I feel pretty good about this. 4.23 out of a, uh, out of five stars, you know, it's still an eight, four out of 10, still mm. a pretty high rated movie. Um, yeah. we're pretty loving on most movies. So, uh, Four two three seems low, but it's it's pretty fucking high. Um, hmm. Yeah, if we follow uh, the trend for the rest of the week with these last two movies, uh, for uh, the uh, is it the ninety? Shawshank. Uh, it it would round uh, this this month out to a four point four eight, which is a, a pretty good month. It's our second it's best. Pretty average. Yeah, pretty pretty. Um, looks like. Right in the middle with the other months, but a, a pretty well performing month so far, that's for sure. Uh, the mask mm. was the only thing that kind of dipped a little bit below, but but we have a, uh, I mean, yeah, we got we got Shawshank left, and then whatever we uh, decide for for ninety five. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a, it'll also. be fun to round out the month of June here with uh, mm. you know, tomorrow we'll be covering Shawshank to complete the week of nineteen ninety four. Covered uh, one movie per day this week from the year 1994. It was a lot of fun. We went uh, Lion King, Ace Ventura, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, Pulp Fiction. Oh, tomorrow is Forrest Gump, and then uh, Saturday will be Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got it. We got to round out round out this week with Forrest Gump and Shawshank, and that'll be that. Um, but I look forward to that immensely, and uh, mm. cannot cannot wait. Um. But yeah, with that, we conclude this episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. Thank you very much, Tavares Pennington. Of course, of course. Great to be here again. Oh, and it was it was so great to have you. If you would, 
head to patreon.com slash Bloom where you'll find well over 24 hours of exclusive content at this point. Uh, all that money goes back into making sure I can put this podcast on. It costs money. I don't make any unless it's there on Patreon. So uh, go ahead and uh, go ahead and send some money there. I mean, I do make money. I have a job, but uh, I don't make money off the podcast. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's a huge help. Huge help. You're living off of the... Uh... Yeah, I'm living off the 10 bucks a month on Patreon. <laughs> um, but uh, follow on Twitter at Penny Bloom Pod. Follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And if my answers frighten you, then you should cease asking scary questions.